Hello and welcome to Jack and Ben's podcast. And first, it was the hand sanitizer, toilet paper, and many other cleaning products that were hard to find. Now, since the virus has been full force, biggest food at our table, like beef, pork, and chicken, are suddenly in short supplies. With the coronavirus in full force, uh, places, facilities like the meatpacking industries, and specifically the Tyson Food Company, they've been really hit hard because of the amount of workers that they have and that they hire. Combined with all the physical touching with within the employees themselves, all of the meat packing and all the meat cutting itself really adds in another issue of the amount of how the virus can be spread through people's food and even further places when the food is transferred. Reports from from reports from the Tyson companies saying that 730 of the workers, which is roughly 58 percent of their uh, their plant workers, have tested positive for the virus. Even though that like Testing those workers alone, it's so hard to test so many of the other workers in other meatpacking companies because other meatpacking companies are a lot larger than Tyson. So without a lot of those numbers not accounted for, it's really hard to say how many other workers have had it. Um, now just taking a break for our sponsor, um, go tune in to Will O'Connor and John Rath's podcast. They will be debating whether or not college athletes should get paid. That's a, yeah, it's an interesting podcast to think about too, because since all of these uh, college athletes, many of them in the big sports like basketball and football, they're trying to leave after one year and go to the NBA. So if they're if they need help to make that transition, it'd be really nice for them to get paid so they can make that transition a lot more smooth. And they'll also um, have a lot of interesting um, points because college, uh, the NCAA has just allowed college athletes to profit off of their likeliness, which is a step for them getting paid. Absolutely. Go check into that and learn more about that. It's not only affecting grocery stores, but also restaurants. The owner of Jeff's Texas Barbecue in Maryville told Cairo 7 that he had to cut back from being open six days a week to being open for just a few days, stating, I deal in only fresh meat, and that's where the problem is, because there isn't a lot of fresh meat out there right now, said owner Jeff Notch. Meat, meat prices have doubled, and the supply has become so tight, the restaurant has now closed altogether and is not sure when it can reopen. Yeah, things like that. It's just a lot of small companies are really being impacted by this, and not even the big meat packing companies that have a lot of plants around the country, a lot of other small meat packing plants who only may have one or two different plants or in one state that if one of them gets shut down, half of the business is already gone and, and all of their workers in that one plant are gone left uh, with nothing else to really do. So if one meat packing company or one meat plant shuts down the amount of workers, not only is the meat itself impacted in the industry itself, so many other things are impacted, like all of the other people who work for that one company, mm-hmm. they won't, they won't, they don't, they no longer have a job and they're jobless and, have to look for a job. And even in times like this, it's so hard to find a job when a lot of other businesses are closed. And with one plant closed, a lot of other things like uh, shipping companies that pick up the meat from that one store or from that one plant to go distribute it to other restaurants and businesses, a lot of their connections to other plants are being closed down as well because they don't have enough other plants to go pick up from. And along with that, because uh, the meat shortages are happening. Like Jack's just said, a lot of there's some meat shortages in many restaurants and grocery stores that are causing a lot of mayhem right now.
Um, I agree. And it's almost like everything is interconnected because the um, inefficiency to test leads to the um, lack of workers, which leads to the scarcity of meat because production is slowed. And it also impacts supply and demand. Um, New York Times put out an article on May 5th and uh, the state health department said um, they uh, t- tested the Tyson employees and they said that 730 workers, which is 58% of their plant's workforce, had tested positive. So due to the lack of workers, um, the there's a scarcity right now and it's jacking up the meat prices, which makes it even harder for Americans to try and get the meat. Yeah, with that, and more specifically on how much the meat prices have been skyrocketing up lately. Um, the overall uh, cost of meats in general has increased uh, since the virus uh, 4.3%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but considering all different types of meat and combining them to one category, that's quite a bit of a jump uh, compared to what it used to be. Uh, more specifically, the largest increase uh, in grocery stores typically where you see all these uh, meat prices uh, being jacked up. And uh, the beef, uh, beef meat, they're seeing a 3.7% increase uh, with other uh, meats like pork prices going up 3%, uh, poultry food prices rising 4.7%. And uh, the most alarming, most likely, uh, with the biggest jump, uh, which may not be a meat, but still uh, coming from the chickens themselves, are the egg prices, which are uh, shooting up a very large percentage of 16.1%. Uh, and this is between March and April. So, with all the, with that considered, the amount of uh, the amount of money it takes to produce the meat is being raised a lot since there aren't a lot of workers. Um, so, because of that, distri- distribution of the meat it will cost a lot more when dis- distributors are being charged more for the meat themselves for buying the meat to distribute to other grocery stores. They have to charge more, and because grocery stores are being charged more from the distributors themselves grocery stores also have to raise up their prices as well for customers to buy and consume. Mm -hmm. I'd also like to add that there's another issue with testing and just the numbers of the workers in the cases. Um, Most plants are really hesitant to release their number of positive or confirmed cases. Um, For example, the New York Times reported that Smithfield plants would not provide any data when asked about the number of illnesses at the plant. And um, neither would the state or local health officials. And uh, the issue is that these companies are not legally required to disclose how many workers are sick. But legal experts um, say privacy is not a valid reason for keeping the numbers from the public because this is a public health issue, which affects people consuming the meat and affects the whole process, um, especially with the circular flow model. For example, um, the government is having to step in. Um, Trump uh, signed an executive order, which is requiring plants to stay open and um, continue to produce meat so that there isn't as much of a shortage. Yeah, and with that, even because all these meat packing plants are staying open uh, and they're not, and they don't legally have to uh, represent how many of their employers are being tested and how many of them are either uh, showing their testing are either showing up negative or positive. It's quite concerning. And the kind of the trade-off with that is the amount of people that are going to be infected by this, who are going to also spread that infection through the meat and through physical, uh, physical human contact 
is going to will most likely skyrocket. But the trade-off with that is um, meat prices and meat shortages won't really be a thing. Hopefully, that that's the idea of it. That the meat prices will go back down and fall back down to normal prices, and hopefully even lower in that case, as well as um, the amount of meat. Now, hopefully, with all these meat packing companies opening back up, the meat will no longer be a shortage. Because in my personal life, I've gone to other grocery stores where they're out of meat, like they're out of burger patties, ground chuck, or other basic uh, food, but other basic meats that are really sh- are usually in abundance, but now really just aren't seen as much anymore. It's quite alarming. Also, to see if a grocery store does have it, their prices I personally have seen go up by four dollars. Even it's quite impressive mm-hmm. and concerning. The, the demand is just so great right now that prices are just skyrocketing. So taking one last break in this podcast, another podcast that might be of interest for you guys and for you to tune into is uh, Wind Souza's podcast about economics of travel and how the virus has affected it lately. It's quite interesting because a lot of uh, people in high school, especially taking their senior trips, a lot of them, like myself, going to California have been canceled because of that. And it's interesting to see a lot of these other uh, airliners see what they're going to try to do after the virus has kind of blown over. Mm-hmm. It, it's also interesting because a lot of places and a lot of countries rely on tourism as their main um, source of income, which obviously right now the whole world, uh, tourism industry has just uh, came to a complete halt. So those countries just start losing all that revenue and it'll just be interesting to see um, what's going to happen in the future. So tune in to more about that if you want to learn more. Going back to uh, decisions made by uh, President Trump and other people, like other mayors trying to close down or either keep open other uh, meatpacking plants, it's really hard for them to make a rational decision considering uh, the benefits and uh, the downfalls of how to help society keep afloat. So like the goods about keeping, you know, the meatpacking industry open would be, you know, to help lower the meat prices, hopefully even lower them, like I said before, than what they normally are to provide that meat to other families that may not uh, have it right now or who have been out for quite a while now. Also, it's just to keep open the business itself and all the other jobs that they provide. Like the meatpacking company, like Tyson, they keep so many, like, it was 1,300 people at the very least uh, in one plant. That's a lot of jobs that could be that could be potentially lost. And that just damages the economy because all of that money, with uh, if those workers don't have a steady income, they're not going to be steadily putting the putting their income and their money back into the economy, which is really just going to disrupt the economy as a whole, not just the meatpacking industries. Like it, just, it impacts people's daily lives, and like even if it's not per, like even if you don't personally have anything to do with the meatpacking industry, it could still greatly affect you and your family and a lot of other things. Like yeah, that. and again, with making these important decisions that affect uh, people's livelihoods, there's just uh, there's so many factors that just go into them. Um, when making a decision, you have to look at uh, each opportunity cost and trade-off. You have to look at what the next best option is, whether that's sending people home, um, shutting down these factories, which there's going to be trade-offs to that. It's going to result in um, higher prices. It's going to result in those people not being able to make their income for the time being. Whereas if you keep these companies open, there's... Um, there's a effects to that too. Um, people are at a higher risk of getting sick, but meat is still going to be put into the marketplace. Prices may start to lower. Um, consumers will be able to buy the meat, but it's a huge just health issue 
in general and each decision just has so many factors some that we just can't control we just don't know so when making these economic decisions we just have to be as rational as possible mm-hmm. and like a solution that could possibly be uh put into place for uh plants is that you know even though it would be hard to determine who would be able to go to work but maybe only open up parts of the meatpacking plant itself and only allowing some workers to come back in but with that comes you know you obviously don't want to you might feel bad if you allow you know some workers to come in and say that other workers that they, that they can't work and if those workers that aren't working they see that their company is still in business and they can't be a part of that it, it can really damage somebody in their lives specifically how they live and how they're able to uh, manage the money so that's just another thing to add in uh, how difficult it would be to have all like some of their own even if it's just some of their workers come in you need to have a minimum amount of workers to make a meat packing plant fully functional. I mean, even if, even if it's not fully functional to keep the product, the production speed at a reasonable, at a reasonable uh, speed to get all the meat uh, cut up and packaged and out for delivery, they need to have a certain amount of workers to be able to do that. And the amount of workers that that takes is kind of unknown. It might vary between plant to plant. So each and you can't just make a decision and make a decision for the whole entire, uh, country of america it's it really needs to fall it really needs to come down to the meat packing uh the ceos and people who are ahead of those businesses i think it really should come down and be made up and the decisions should be left in their hands because they should know a little bit more about their business personally than maybe the president or maybe the mayor would know themselves so mm-hmm. and then again um each of these decisions um we can see them in the circular flow model for example the government um they impact the markets, which um, would impact the household or sorry, the government impacts the firms, which would impact the market and households. Because if the government um, said that they're going to have no um, firms open, then those households, those people aren't making income, which they can't put back into the marketplace. Whereas if the government, which Trump, um, he kept it open, obviously, yes, people are going to get sick. But um, households are going to be able to make money and it's going to go into the marketplace. Um, we're obviously not going to know if this was the right decision for a while. We're going to have to just assess this in the future. But all of these decisions um, are influenced with um, trade-offs, opportunity costs, the circular flow model. Um, it r- relates to scarcity. Um, it, everything is just pretty much interconnected with economics and with the coronavirus.